Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can and even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. Some of the words that have been used to describe care court, coercive, backwards, harmful. Are any of those fair? <laughs> you laugh. I, I laugh. I, I, I don't laugh dismissively. Those are talking points that have been on Rewind for decades and decades, and I'm frankly exhausted by them. I'm frankly exhausted by them! That's Gavin Newsom, governor of California, on 60 Minutes last night. Uh, He's usually very skillful with the knowing chuckle. I thought that was one chuckle too many. That was not (laughs) chuckle-worthy. So we're talking about these care courts, which is an idea that I'm I'm all for debating this and talking about whether it's a good idea, because we do have a lot of mentally ill people hanging around and... uh, now, are they organically mentally ill, or do they make themselves crazy through drug use, and is there a difference, and does it matter? And Those are all good questions, too. But anyway, a lot of people on the street that are mentally ill, and currently they just hang out there until they, like, get hurt or hurt someone else or get right. caught stealing enough or something, and you end up in jail. That's why the jails are the number one mental institution in this country. That's right. In every city, every state of the country, that's the case. And there are some folks who refuse to accept care. There are some families that are desperate to find some sort of care for their mentally ill loved one, and it's not available. We must change what we're doing. Yeah, so getting to that topic, they featured a woman on 60 Minutes last night whose son is schizophrenic. And man, she was a very composed person for someone who's been dealing with what she's been dealing with throughout her son's life and uh, him being on the street and them not knowing if he was dead all the time. She's probably just grown somewhat used to it day by day by day, year after year after year. Anyway, at one point, uh, they had the son, the schizophrenic son, on the phone. He didn't want to be on camera, but he was on the phone in 60 minutes and uh, talking with his mom and the son. 
Farrow declined to be interviewed on camera, but he described to us on the phone how difficult it can be to live with his illness. Constant overthinking. Your brain is always racing. Your inner voice is always talking, racing, racing. No peace. Never any uh, solace and peace. What do you think would have happened to him had he not had that treatment? Every single time I have to start, in my mind, preparing a funeral. Mm. I have to get my heart and myself and my family ready, you know, that will he make it this time? It's not yeah. it's not easy. Uh, he got arrested, I believe, at some point, and that's how he ended up getting some um, mental health services that helped him out, at least for the time being. And here she is on the idea of initiating the whole care court proceedings on someone. Care Court will launch in eight California counties, including Los Angeles and San Diego, where Anita and Farrow live. By the end of next year, it will be statewide. What does a successful Care Court look like for Farrow? I hope he will never have to use it. And I hope that if it does, that he even sees it as a positive experience where his voice is heard. If you have to, will you initiate Care Court proceedings? Absolutely. I have no hesitation. It is trauma for the family to keep going through that with their loved one. Yeah, I can't uh, can't imagine how awful that would be. Where you just go out driving around because you kind of know the places your husband, wife, son, daughter, whoever usually hangs out when their uh, mental illness is acting up its worst. And you go and see if they're alive or see if they're there. And you go talk to them and they don't want any help. And they say the the voices in their head are telling them not to take the medicine that they're fine. What are you going to do? There's nothing you can do. What are you going to do? Right. You're going to you're going to hold them down, tie their wrists, put them in the trunk of your car. I mean, what? Literally, what are you going to do? Uh, it'd be to be nightmarish. Uh, and these care courts would, in theory, give you the ability to sign some paperwork, and then I guess somebody does hold them down and tie their wrists if they have to, and get them to the hospital. Is that the way it's going to work? Well, if you have to restrain somebody, you will. I, I hope that wouldn't be necessary often. But so that are you going to play the uh, ACLU gal? Yeah. So the there's, so yeah, there's yeah. obviously pushback against this sort of idea, which is why they went went away 50 years ago. Was a whole bunch of people were getting thrown in mental institutions that didn't have anything wrong with them, and you just wanted to get rid of a troubled kid or an annoying husband or whatever. <laughs> They're mentally ill, and then they'd throw them in the loony bin. Um, here's someone uh, pushing back the downside of this whole idea. Do you feel like you're getting medication that you need? Absolutely not. What has to happen in order for you to get that? Honestly, I would have to be committed into a mental health hospital because going into places that offer like volunteer services are they're backed up or they don't have enough space or my insurance doesn't cover some of the stuff that I need. When I say the word care court to you, what comes to your mind? Medical incarceration. It's just another way to mass incarcerate people, and instead of it just being like criminal, it's medical now. So that's a woman that had been through it, has been through it, and is on the side of the ACLU saying it's medical incarceration and that, well, you know, incarceration is a pejorative term, basically uh, suggesting that uh, we're holding people against their will, which we are. Well, and suggesting that it's part of the greater problem of mass incarceration. All right, now I know where you're coming from. Uh, forget it. I don't. I don't need to hear your... You know, critical race theory, we need to empty the jail stuff. Oh, so you think that's what the angle is, so that you can 
uh, add that to the numbers. We're the most incarcerated country on earth and all that sort of stuff. And it tends to be people of color and all that. You think that's what it is? Yeah. And as she was, uh, you know, a lady of color, I suspect that that was her angle. But so what would the so but what's your goal, though, to let people just hang out on the street mentally ill until they die? You know, I, I'm sure there's a great kind of unified theory of what's going on with this. It appears to be, oh, this is a little complicated thought. We seem to have arrived at a point in society now where we don't feel like we can do anything until we're at an extreme point. You can't discipline a kid in school unless he like puts a, buries a hatchet in somebody. Um, you can't uh, enforce shoplifting laws. You can't enforce really any laws, drug laws or whatever. You let somebody offend and offend and offend until they commit a murder. And then you throw them in jail for the rest of their lives. Um, I, we're just in this weird, and I don't know whether it's an over-reliance on the authorities. It's a, we're, we're over-regulated and over-lawed or what, but there doesn't seem to be any adult decisiveness left where you say, if we let this person continue to offend they're going to kill somebody it ends now if we let let this person who's profoundly mentally ill stay on the streets they're going to be dead and everybody's going to cry and say it's a tragedy we need to do something before it's a tragedy but nobody seems to have the confidence or i don't know maybe it's that there we've got so many just completely wackadoo political theories that now have enough following because of the internet that when you go to do something that's completely sane and justifiable you have 10 percent of the population saying oh this is more over incarceration because of racism and i'm like that person is profoundly psychotic this has nothing to do with over incarceration i'm trying to keep her from dying on the streets but I don't know. I don't know what it is. So a number we don't know, and this, so this is what I was thinking the entire time I was watching the 60 Minutes piece. They they opened it, as we uh, mentioned earlier, they opened it by saying California has the largest population of homeless people in the country, which it does before. They actually said L.A. County has one out of eight homeless people in the country, which is quite amazing. Um, uh, but it's a mental, they said it's the, uh, California's high housing costs and mental illness. They did not say anything about drug addicts. I, I'm... Uh, there's a bunch of reporting out there that would make it seem pretty clear, and just from observation, that the vast m- biggest portion of the problem is drug addicts. Mm-hmm. It's not housing costs or even mental illness. So you spend the entire long segment talking about mental health care, and then the gov- governor gets to get very indignant about, well, people, the forces of status quo are trying to stop me, and blah, blah, nobody's going to stop me from dealing with 5% of the problem? 10% of the problem? Is it 20? I'm starting to think we're getting pretty high there, thinking that 20% of the problem is just untreated mental illness. People that, that didn't have a family structure or anything like that where they somebody could get them help and they ended up on the street. I'm, I know that happens. You just heard from sure. somebody right mm-hmm. there. But what percentage of the overall homeless problem is that? It, it can't be very much. That is absolutely, in a way, the question. Yes. And I think it's telling that it's not asked. What percentage are just mentally ill, period? What percentage have ruined their minds with drugs or they're drug addicts and otherwise they're fine? What percentage are people who just want to live in a tent and do drugs all day because working is a pain in the ass? What percentage are healthy people of sound mind who were forced out of the housing because it is admittedly quite expensive and it's, it's expensive everywhere? Uh, what percentage roughly 
of the greater problem are those categories because you can't conceivably solve the question or solve the problem until you have those answers. But there's a real lack of curiosity about that. And I don't think that's a coincidence. There are billions of dollars changing hands. Right. I, I just I'm very I don't I don't want to be accused of being one of the naysayers Governor Newsom was talking about that's in favor of the status quo and all, you know, he's sick of it. He's had enough of this. What the hell is going on? But I almost feel like we're nibbling around the edges of the... Well, I don't almost feel like it. I think we definitely are. We're nibbling around the edges of the street person problem with the mentally ill part. And that needs to be dealt with. That's horrifying that you got a schizophrenic, danger-to-themselves son out there, and there's no way to get him in a mental hospital. But I think that's a small percentage of what's going on here. Right. Well, even if it were half, that's only half. There's no way it's half. Right. Uh, one more thought, if I might, and it's a shot at progressives, which is, uh, well, it's kind of my thing, but it's worth keeping in mind that the mental hospitals closed. They weren't closed by Reagan, as the old legend goes. The progressives in America in the very early 60s, the 50s, they said, hey, these mental hospitals are excessive. We need to have community mental health care. And, and they were right about the excessive uh, number of people committed and the rest of it and how the system needed reform. Um, but their answer was, hey, we'll just have street corner mental health clinics and everybody will take, uh, was it, it wasn't lithium. It was, uh, uh, what was the drug that came along that was going to be the miracle drug for mental health? Doesn't matter. We can look it up. Um, and, and it'll all be fine. So we're closing all these mental hospitals. Well, then Congress never funded the corner healthcare, uh, mental healthcare centers. Uh, neither did the states or local jurisdictions. Turned out there were terrible side effects to the drug that was going to solve everything. And it just stalled, period, and just ended. And then about a decade, 15 years ago, I know, speaking for Cal Unicornia, there was a big movement to close the residence hotels, the flop houses, where you could get a room with a hot plate and a John down the hall for a very, very affordable price. Because Progressive America said, hey, these places aren't safe. They're kind of dingy. They're dirty. We can't have people living here. Let's send in the inspectors, declare them too nasty, and close them all down. But the people living there had nowhere to go. So once again, thank you for your feel-good program. But what do we do now? Yeah, and we got to take a break, but I, I don't know how you deal with it, even if it's mental illness. What if your mental illness is caused by hardcore drug use that ruined your brain? That person's yeah. going to have to be in the care of the state forever. How many gazillion dollars would that cost? And right. we're going to fix it on the back end? So we're still going to have the, the magnet for people wanting to get high and you can live on the street, but then we're going to put them in prison after you've ruined your brain? Or prison, but it's a mental health facility. Well, and... To flip the coin over, we're going to, as taxpayers, let these people uh, do anything they want, violate any law they want, ruin their brains, and then we'll p- pick up the tab for their ruined lives afterward. That's not a very good policy. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. 
Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.